Mary Holm is in studio with me. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jesse. Mary, our personal finance expert, and you've been poring over some numbers this week, Mary. Yeah, the Financial Markets Authority released its annual KiwiSaver report, and that was a couple of days ago, but I've sort of come up with a bit of a different angle from what yeah. other people were Was there were much commentary about. chat about it? No, not a heck of a lot, but, you know, yeah, that was on um, Morning Report, etc., yeah. et, et and in the, in the Herald and so on, um, and stuff, etc. Um, it's a bit of a, a, an annual stock take, is it? It is, mm. yeah, yeah. They're just sort of catching up on the numbers, and they... I might just move um, that microphone a little bit closer A little to bit closer? Like, yeah, sure. Go. They... Um, they, the total amount invested in KiwiSaver now is $90 billion, which is a lot of money. But I re- that number doesn't mean that much to people. But, mm. but what they pointed out is that it's around 25% of gross domestic product. So that's all the, everything produced in the economy in a year. And the thing that's interesting is it's up from 15% five years ago. So it was 15% of GDP and now it's 25%. In just five years, it's a huge growth. which is it is yeah. it's 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 a big growth. Um, partly because people are continually putting money in, of course, but also despite what's just been happening just lately, the returns over the last five years have been pretty good, mm. and um, and that's reflected in those numbers. And then the there are more than three million people in now. Um, with an average balance of about $28,000. That must actually be a median rather than an average, if if you know what I mean, because the average would be pushed right up by very big balances in the account, but Mm -hmm. so it's a median number. In in other words, the same number of people have got less than 28 as have got more than 28. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So... um, but then, then I read out of three, out of about three million members, more than one million are not contributing on a regular basis, and I thought, gosh, that's awful. A third yeah. are not contributing. But then you read a bit more and find that that non-employees, people who are not putting it in regularly out of their paycheck, yeah. are, are included in that in the ones who are not contributing, which is not really accurate, and also. I was thinking more and more people in KiwiSaver now are retired, and so they're not contributing, but or a lot of them are not. Mm. Um, most of them are probably not, and that's so. It's not necessarily as bad as it sounds when we say a third yeah. are not contributing. When you say yeah. non-employees, like someone like me, I don't employ through my wage, but I, yes. but I'm self-employed, and so I'll put a chunk in because you remind me to each year. <laughs> yes, um, yes. So I wouldn't be counted as a regular contributor. That's that right. Saying, right. The, yeah, and, okay. and and yes, yes, and lots of self-employed. Must do that. Yeah. And and people who are not working, but it's you know still in KiwiSaver, yeah. So um, those people are not encountered, not being counted. So it's not as bad as it sounds, but nonetheless, there are still a lot of people who stop contributing because they got short of money or something, and haven't started again. Mm-hmm. And that's a real pity because of all the incentives that we all know about. Mm. Um, a couple of other things that I thought were interesting about it, though, the, the main message I got from it was this, people are taking more risk overall in KiwiSaver than used to. When they looked at switches from one fund to another during the year, they had more people leaving conservative and balanced than joining, mm-hmm. and more people joining growth. So, in other words, there's a movement from the conservative and the balance, the the low and middle risk funds, into the growth funds. And I think that's really good because 
most people have got more than 10 years before they're going to be spending the money. Mm. So it's really good if they're in growth because they get more growth. Yeah, that, that was yes. a problem for a while there, wasn't it? The, yes. The default funds were going into conservative and people were just leaving them there. Yes. Even if they were, it was a totally wrong fund for them. That's right. Mm. Well, the default funds have now moved to balance, so yeah. they're middle level. Um, but despite that, the in, in fact, the FMA, in this next thing I'm going to say, they removed the default funds from because that was a sort of artificial move that happened. Yeah to everybody late last year. But the the growth of money in the growth funds... So five years ago, there was not much more money in growth than in conservative. It was about a bit more in growth than in conservative in total. And now there's more than twice as much in growth than in conservative. Mm. So there's, so there's, there's a, a definite trend going on here that... The, that the growth funds are becoming more popular, more people are getting into them. So that's, Now um, that could be mean people are switching to growth funds, yes. but it also could reflect the, the fact that five years later, growth funds will have grown more. That's right, it's both. Of, yeah. You're absolutely right. Growth funds do, do grow more over the long run, certainly not always, and probably not this year, but, mm. um, they, but they do over the long run, so that's quite true. But it's still quite a dramatic change in just five years, which suggests, and the numbers of members also show that they are moving into growth funds, which is really neat. Mm. Um, another little sign of this trend of people taking more risk is that um, there's a small number of people who are in funds that invest in shares only. So they're the riskiest funds of all the aggressive funds, and that's nearly doubled in five years, the number of people in the shares only fund. Um, so that's the sort of highest risk level. I guess that um, would be a combination of people wising up and, and realising that, that, that maybe an increased level of risk might be good for them. And, and then yes. maybe also some people who are just looking at their returns compared to the returns of those high-risk funds and yeah. thinking, I'm missing out here. Well, hopefully. Some of them have been listening to you and me, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be ideal. <laughs> would, but, but, I'm, yeah. but I'm worried if people look at the last five years of returns and think, well, this is what I'm guaranteed in the next five years. Yeah. You hope that when they switch to a high-risk fund that they understand that it's that there's not they're not going to get that routine return every year. Every, certainly not every really. year. Um, every 10 years, you know, if you look in 10-year chunks, though, mm. they will be doing better. Yeah. And and. In most individual years, they do better. And then, meanwhile, the Financial Markets Authority also had another report that came out in July, um, and that was looking at everybody in New Zealand over 18 and all the investments therein. And I was really surprised to see that the percentage of people who are in term deposits dropped a lot. In, in um, five years, we've got... No, sorry, in a single year. No, it is. It's five. Sorry, Jesse. It was in five years. Mm. They've gone down from thirty-two percent to twenty percent of New Zealanders are in term deposits, and the same with bonds. Now that'll be partly because interest rates went down a lot, I'm and sure. people said, "I'll blow this." Yeah, what would yes. be the point, honestly, yeah. when you're being paid point five or one percent? Yes. Yeah, yes, it was. It was pretty bad. So people got out of them. Meanwhile, they've been getting into shares in general, um, not just. In KiwiSaver, but um, shares bought directly went from 19% to 24% from 2018 to now, and non KiwiSaver funds that invest in shares went from 11 to 17%. In other words, 
not just in KiwiSaver, but in general, people, New Zealanders, seem to be taking more risk with their investments. Mm. And we can speculate why. It will be partly because the returns have been so lousy in, in the term deposits, etc. Mm. But hopefully it is also because people are realising that in the long run, they're going to be better off. Hopefully it's, the financial education which you've been offering for free for many years is finally seeping <laughs> through, yes, Mary. Yeah, yeah and, and many other people, of course, are doing the same. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's a significant week this week, Investor Week. Yes, it's Investor, yes. The, this is a, um, the FMA is, is saying that um, it's World Investor Week and the theme is good investing is long-term investing. And that fits... In with what we're just saying, because people um, should be taking more risk with long-term investing. And, and, and the FMA is also saying, don't bail out in bad markets, which is incredibly relevant, and possibly relevant to that the letter we got today that... Have you got that there? I do. Let yeah. me read it out. Uh, dear Jesse, this is a question for Mary Holm regarding my KiwiSaver investments. I am 71 years old. Uh, I'm on National Super... I have a KiwiSaver with a balanced fund. And unfortunately, over the last 10 months, the balance has continued to plummet from $428,264.79 in December 2021, <laughs> watching it closely, to the current level of $369,402.27. Now, by my rough math, that's about $59,000 that that's dropped. It's, which is... 14%, which is actually not as bad as the numbers look, I think. I mean, 14% drop, is, it's a big drop, mm -hmm. but there are quite a few years when the share market's growing more than 14%. You know, it's not um, it's, it's not all that dire, yeah. but but still, it, it's, it's obviously worrying, worrying this person. She, she says yes. she's made no drawings over this period, and at the rate of this fall, soon there'll be very little left. It's very distressing to see my hard-earned savings disappear in this way. Am I with the wrong investor and the wrong type of fund, and should I withdraw some of the funds and invest in a term deposit? What do I do, ask this Desperate emailer. Yes, yeah. They're asking the no. right person. I know you're going to have very firm advice on this. Oh, I do. <laughs> Not advice. God, I hope it's good. Yeah. Um, um, what I always say is that money that you're planning to spend within three years, roughly, should be in either term deposits or in a cash fund. Um, and now this person, I think it's a woman, isn't it? She, she's yep. um, she she's in Westpac KiwiSaver scheme, which is. You know, not a wonderful one, not a terrible one. It's a, you know, fairly mainstream KiwiSaver scheme. If she, assuming she wants to stay with that scheme, she could move, move, think about the money she's planning to spend within the next three years or so and move that into Westpac's cash fund, which is the lowest risk fund. Mm -hmm. She's in a balanced fund at the moment, a middle risk fund. Move it right into the, don't, don't hang around with a conservative fund, despite its name. You want to go into the very lowest risk fund which is a cash fund. Um, Westpac's cash fund is about half bonds, half cash, and it's um, you know could be quite a good spot for her to move her money into. Move just just the money she plans to spend in the next because that three money years. won't go up and it, well, it won't go down, but it won't really go up. It'll Not just, a lot. It's a safe place to put it. Yeah, it'll go up a bit because mm. because interest rates on term deposits etc have gone up, and that's what it, those funds invest in. Um, 
So that what I would suggest she does that with the next three years' worth of money. Maybe not moving it all at once, because it's actually moving, reducing your risk at the moment when markets are down is not awfully clever. And the reason her money's gone down as much as it has is that her fund is about, it's about half shares and a third bonds, mm-hmm. and then there's some other cash and property in there as well. But but not only has the share market's gone down, but the bond values have gone down as well because interest rates have gone up. We've talked about that before. It's quite complicated, not time to go into it again, but bond values have gone down as well as share values going down. And so despite the fact that she's in a fairly average sort of risk fund, She's seen quite a big drop. That won't continue. It'll it'll ease off and and come right. We just don't know when. Um, so she might. Which want is why to... you say the money she's going to spend the next few years. Yes. Take that out. Yes. But but leave. I'd say the leave the it. rest. Leave the rest where it is. But one little tip, because she doesn't sound like someone who would want to be putting some into a growth fund. I think she, which would give her the longest growth in Mm. the long run, but it's more volatile. And if she's worried about this drop she's currently getting, she could get a bigger drop if she was in growth. So we'll skip that for her. But one interesting note I I realised was Westpac, she's in Westpac's balanced fund. Westpac has also got a default balanced fund, which has got much to say. It's new fund that got set up um, fairly recently, I think. It's got much the same investments, sort of roughly half shares and a third bonds, but quite a lot lower fees. The fees on her current fund are 0.65%, which is not bad. The average for balanced funds is 1.21, so it's only about half the the average, but she could, if she just moved into the Westpac balance, def, default balanced, she'd go from 0.65 to 0.4, huh. which is quite a big drop in fees for a much the same sort of fund. It's a slightly lower risk fund, the default one, but that might suit her anyway. Yeah. So I would suggest she moves the three years' worth of money into Westpac's cash fund and the rest into Westpac's default balanced fund. And she'll be paying lower fees and she'll get less volatility in the money she's planning to spend soon. And then ignore the volatility in the longer run money because it'll come right. Yeah. 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 So don't don't watch that too closely. No. Over the next few years. Yes, yes. It, it does come right, honestly. It always has and it always will. And she talks yes. about her hard earned money. Um, and obviously, a lot of that is her hard earned money, but she's probably done all right out of growth in the last couple of years if she's yes. been in there for the last few years. Absolutely. So she's lost 14% in the last 12 months. Yes. She's probably at least gained 14% in the 12, 24 months before that. So Much more than that probably. probably. Still up, yeah. If she goes back five years ago, she will have um, gained lots lots more than that. Yes. Thanks, Mary. You're the best. Mary Holm, Thanks, personal Jesse. finance experts. Yeah. hope that's helpful uh, to our emailer. Um, another reason for term deposits losing favour, right to one person, is that they can no longer be broken earlier than their maturity unless the investor proves financial hardship. This lack of liquidity concerns people in these uncertain times. Don't have time to fact check that. I'm just uh, reading that out as it comes in. Uh, dangerous game.